Hello, and welcome to Genetically Podified. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. That's a quote from Terminator. Don't tell me you don't know that. It's when he first turns up and he's naked and he... Uh... I'm going to tell you a secret, James. Don't tell anybody. I've never watched Terminator. Oh my day. How... What? 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 Come on. All right. When you have some free time, because I know you don't have much free time, you need to watch Terminator, man. Yeah, will do. I will do. Absolutely. Definitely movie. Well, one and two are worth watching. I can't even remember. No, three is not particularly good. Uh, but one and two, definitely. Yeah, th- there is one that has, uh, what's her name? Daenerys Stoneborn from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, that's a more recent one. Terminator. Yeah, one of the recent ones. Well, I don't know. But yeah, okay, I promise I will try to watch it. Good. Yeah, so you're going to have to get used to it in this episode because I'm going to be doing a lot of um, German quotes. <laughs> Just be prepared to the fact that I might not understand the puns or whatever it okay. is you're going to do. Just make sure you laugh. Make sure you laugh whenever I, I sound German. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners will give you more satisfaction on that. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Okay, let's get going. Before we begin, the views expressed here are our own. Nobody else's. Okay. So why am I doing a bunch of Terminator quotes this episode? Well, we are going to be covering Terminator Seeds. Dun, dun, dun. Indeed, I feel like we should indeed. have uh, the soundtrack in the background or something. Yeah, I, I can probably make that happen right <laughs> here. So yeah, Terminator Seeds. So today we're going to tell you all about them. We're going to try and, you know, have a discussion around the different ideas, the people who think they're a good thing, the people who think that they're a bad thing, why they think these different things, and all the things. Uh, I've said things so many times. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But basically, first of all, we're going to tell you what they are. And I think James wants to take this one. Yeah. So the idea behind Terminator Seed is that you have a genetically modified crop with this interesting new characteristic. Mm -hmm. And alongside that, you also have a gene that makes any seeds from that crop when it has plant sex and makes plant babies Mm -hmm. sterile so they will die cool cool so the idea behind this is that amid fears of these genetic modifications spreading out into the world and fucking everything up (laughs) if the plant is sterile and it can't make babies then it will never happen because that gene will never be able to cross to another plant and spread that genetic modification because every time it does cross the Mm -hmm. offspring dies and that's it so that's the idea behind it So one thing that you guys should probably know, and I think it's quite a a very, very important point that we want to make, is that Terminator Seeds do not exist. They don't exist. They're just an idea. They're a concept. They are not a thing. There is not one commercially available Terminator Seed out there. So chill out, dickwad. Another another Terminator, <laughs> Terminator quote for you. I laughed. See, yeah, good I, job, I good job, good job. <laughs> Cross that one off the list. <laughs> nice. You really have a list. Yeah, genuinely. There are six more. <laughs> okay, okay. This is going to be fun. I've okay. actually, oh man, I've got one that you can say, actually. At some point, I oh, want you to okay. say, I need a vacation. <laughs> oh, well. In as I German do, so. as, as possible. As ge- uh, okay. Okay, okay. But uh, just um, let it come naturally throughout the uh, podcast. Okay, I will try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a vacation. Okay. All right. Anyway, so they are really not a thing. They do not exist. I guess companies had mm. an idea for the reason that you were mentioning before, for the fear of gene spreading. 
the fear of contaminating the environment or like other plants with the genes from the GM. But for a variety of reasons, it just didn't become reality. But nevertheless, there was a huge public mm. backlash <laughs> and people love a, a controversial topic. And people to this day think that it's a thing, but it's not. Yeah. Like, And the, the thing that strikes me the most about that, I was having a conversation with my uncle. I've mentioned him before. He's featuring <laughs> a lot in this podcast. <laughs> he makes organic wine. So he knows a lot about organic practices. And of course, inorganic, you cannot use GMOs. And we were having this conversation and I was trying to explain to him what I know about GMOs uh, and GMO seeds. And he goes, yeah, but they they don't germinate. Yeah. And I'm like, uncle, that's not true. Yeah. That is not a thing. And he was so shocked. It is really interesting because it's one of the first things that comes up when I start talking with people about GMOs. Like, oh, they're really bad. Mm-hmm. They're all sterile, aren't they? It's like, no, man, that... That's a complete myth. It was an idea that was never commercialised because so many people didn't like the idea. So people listened. The big companies had this idea. Everyone was like, nah, dude, you can't do this. And then they didn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they ever planned to. The UN has a moratorium on even researching them because it's potentially such a damaging idea. Yeah. So let's talk about why it's a damaging idea, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Come with me if you want to (laughs) live. Is that another Yeah, point? yeah. Oh, I'm okay. so sorry, James. I'm it's all right, sorry. it's all right. That, that, that one has to be done in an American accent, uh, so okay. it's not that distinctive. <laughs> okay. okay. You're okay for that one? Let me just cross off the list. All right. Uh, okay, so the main problem and the reason everyone was really upset about this is because, I mean, you've probably already guessed it, right? The sterile seeds is not really a particularly nice idea because what mm-hmm. a lot of farmers do is save some of the seed from their crop replant it and then that makes their next year's crop and the idea behind a sterile seed is that you wouldn't be able to do that and then you would be forced into buying the seeds from this company every year Mm -hmm. which basically puts you massively in the power of that big agri company and it's not really a particularly nice situation to be in i suppose because then they have a sort of monopoly power in control of the crop is the idea of why people don't like it yeah i mean i've heard people say and associate GMOs with terminator seeds and patents, which will have their own individual episode. But most of the times, like I grew up in a farm and my dad bought the seeds every year. Yeah. He's now starting to save the seeds because commercialized seeds can be very expensive. But the thing is, rebuying the same seed from the company every year guarantees for the same yield. Yeah. And I guess that brings me to a question, which is a non-GM question. Mm. Terminator seeds are not a thing, but what about hybrids? What is a hybrid and why do people think that hybrids are sterile? And are hybrids sterile? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can discuss that. So yeah, this is really interesting. Hybrid crops have been around since like the 70s. They're part of the Green Revolution. Actually a really, really important part of the Green Revolution. Yeah, we've spoken about this before. And the idea is that you have two different lines of a single crop. So they are genetically different from each other, but still in the same species, much the same way different Mm -hmm. humans are. So uh, a human from England Mm -hmm. and a human from Japan have genetic differences, but they're still the same species. Yeah. And then you get those crops and you inbreed them. So you breed them with themselves over and over and over and over again. And then that kind of has all the same negative connotations as human inbreeding has in that you get a crop which has lots of negative genetic traits and isn't particularly healthy and and it, it just essentially mm-hmm. is just not mm-hmm. a very good crop because it has lots of right. these bad genes. 
And then you have these two inbred lines, and then you cross those two inbred lines together. So you uh, have two inbred plant sex. And what that does, kind of by the magic of genetics, is to make this incredibly viable, powerful, good-looking crop. Right. And that's because all of the, the negative aspects of each line get cancelled out by the other line. So genes work in pairs. But in very simplistic terms, when there's two copies of a bad gene, it's not going to be very good for that plant. When there's one copy, it's fine for that plant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's say that inbred line one has bad genes A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And it's got two of those copies of each of those genes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then inbred line two has bad genes M, N, L, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And two copies of each. Okay. And then you breed them together. And now the resultant, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the resultant daughter plant has only one copy of each of the negative genes, so it has only good genes now in terms of traits. So because it's got no pairs, it's got one bad A but one good A, which cancels out the bad A. It's got one bad B but right. one good B, which cancels out the bad B. And it does that for all of those genes, and you get the fucking sexiest plant you have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and what what that what does that have to do with sterility then? Okay, so what that has to do with sterility is that essentially you've now got a really weird combination of genetics in this hybrid line. Uh, so when that hybrid line has the next generation of plant kids, they get a weird mm. combination of the good and the bad. So you kind of uh, had like right. you have super bad genetics grandparents, really good genetics mm-hmm. parents. And then kids, yeah. which have a very strange combination of the good and the bad. But the real problem is, it's not yeah. just all the kids are identically good and bad. Each individual seed is going to be good and bad in different ways. So the crop is completely non-uniform. Yeah, yeah, especially like things like wheat and corn. In corn, each individual kernel has its own genetic makeup. Mm. And unless it comes from a specific combination of genes... If you let it pollinate with the wind and you let it go with the wind, (laughs) every single kernel will have a different combination of genomes of all the surrounding plants. And that is the reason why you get things like rainbow corn. Yeah, yeah. And if you've ever seen like those really pretty pictures. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so it can fuck things up, (laughs) I guess. So that's the idea. So you end up with this crop. The first generation is amazing. It looks fantastic. You get an amazing yield and then that's what spurred on Mm -hmm, a large mm -hmm, part of mm -hmm. the green revolution. But the second generation is really not the uniform. Grandchildren yeah, the grandchildren just, are not particularly yeah. healthy. They're not uniform. They're going to be all different. And it's just, it's not that good. So you get a big decrease in efficiency and yield. So generally, although they're not technically sterile, the next generation is really non-productive. Yeah, it doesn't have the same chances in terms of productivity. And it's much more uncertain. It's an uncertain future if you try and save hybrid seeds. But the gains that you get from the hybrid crops, the really, really good ones, in theory will get you that much more money because you've got that much more crop to sell that having to buy that inbred line every year is not a problem. And that's largely been the case, at least in the developed world. In the developed world, it's something like 95% of farmers in the 1990s were using hybrid crops and buying them every year. In the developing world, it's a different story just because they're poorer. So it was something uh, like 40%. However, an interesting point to note just very quickly on this note is that although 40% of the developing world farmers were using hybrid crops, at the time, 80% of farmers were using farm-saved seeds. So that kind Mm. of means that there were farmers out there buying a hybrid crop, but then still Mm -hmm. using the grandchildren crop, 
which would have resulted right, in a reduced okay. yield, but presumably yeah. that's what they had to go with. I couldn't find any information if that's because it, they just didn't get enough money to be able to buy it or they didn't know how the system worked right. or whatever. So hybrid crops in the developed world versus the developing world are it's quite different usages, it appears. No, I think that is a really important point to make because I think maybe one of the things is maybe hybrid crops get confused with terminator seeds. Yeah, quite possibly. Because if you think about it, a hybrid crop is in its own way kind of a terminator seed, but it's, let's say, commercially non-viable yeah. from a productivity point of view. So maybe that is one of the things that kind of confuses the two things. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. Like a GM could possibly be a, a hybrid crop. Oh, yeah. It? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I do understand what you were saying initially. And before I stopped you and asked this question, the idea that it's not a good idea to have people have to buy the same seed over and over again. Yeah. But again, as we've said with hybrids, it does happen. Yeah. It's pretty normal practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a normal practice for things that are not necessarily GM. So, again, it's not a GM problem, strictly. If you're against the idea of people not being able to save seeds, you have to question the whole system, even outside of GM. It's hard because, again, you have the developed world and then you have the developing world. And there are different systems and different also size to farms as well. Mm. And again, different incomes and different... So for some people, it's normal to say, oh, yeah, I have to go back and buy seeds again. And for some people, it's like, well, I don't have the money to do that. Um, but the thing is, if you can't buy the seeds from the company and you can't save the seeds because they won't give you productivity, where do you get the seeds from? Yeah. Yeah, you're in trouble. And And I think that's just a farming problem, isn't it? Like it's... In the developing world, I really don't think mm -hmm. farmers are very safe. In the developed world, we've got loads of protection. Mm -hmm. And in fact, protectionism, economic protectionism, that keeps our farmers mm -hmm, safe mm -hmm. from this, largely. Yeah, we have the sub subsidy... subsidy sub <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I need a vacation. Nice. <laughs> nice. Got it in okay, there. You planted that. You planted no, that. No, I didn't. You, you just watched Terminator <laughs> whilst recording this, I'm sure, I'm sure. You just naturally had the Terminator spirit. But I was good though. Was I good. used it in a like in a very nice way. You did, I? yeah. That was that was perfect usage. What were we talking about? Uh, we oh, were subsidies. Saying that, uh, yeah, yeah, subsidies. There is like a sort of a safety net for European farmers yeah. because of the CAP, the CAP, mm. which I always struggle. I always have to say the acronym because in Italian it's PAC. Like Pac-Man. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way around. I didn't, I, I've not even considered it being called different things because it's the common agricultural policy in the UK. I just kind of thought yeah. it was, that's racist, isn't it? How how British imperialist. Politica agricola comunitaria. Okay, Because right. the, the, in Italy, cool. we put the adjectives afterwards, which makes learning English very difficult. Yeah. Anyways, basically, a subsidy system is based on the cap and it allows farmers to get money based on the amount of land that they own yeah uh, which some people criticize yeah. and yeah. is one of the reasons one of the drivers of brexit as well anyways so because of that it's kind of a safety net mm. uh developing countries don't have that most of the times and yeah. so if you don't have a productive year you're just gonna lose a lot of your income uh, mm. and especially when economies are based on agriculture it, it's really really hard yeah, and it's an interesting point yeah. because while yeah. European and American farmers have a lot of protection, actually mm -hmm. the protection allowed to developing country farmers has often been stripped mm -hmm. away, like being forced to be stripped away by policies enforced by the developed countries in terms of via the World Bank and that kind of stuff. So that yeah, situation yeah, is kind yeah. of, it has the potential to get a lot worse for them. 
which is exactly why we need to look out for bad GM uses like this, frankly, because yeah. it may not have much of an impact on the developed world, but boy, it could have a negative impact on the developing world. Yeah. So you can understand, and I'm totally with the anti-GM people on this side, this is a bad idea. But again, I'm also on the anti-GMO side of things on this side. But again, it's not only a GMO problem. Yep, yep, definitely. It's a seed problem. And I think is one of the reasons why there is this movement that exists, which is called the Right to Seeds movement. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Vandana Shiva. I have. I've got her on my notes here, yeah. Yeah, she's strongly anti-GMO. She's an activist for the Right to Seeds. And, and all these sorts of things I don't like her very much um, I don't like her at all you could say um, <laughs> I'm, 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 do I hate her? Uh, no come on not quite, not nobody quite. should ever hate make love not war but I don't like her very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there. Right. Uh, but the <laughs> idea of the right to seeds and what seeds mean to small communities and the preservation of biodiversity and stuff like that, that is a really important point that we shouldn't forget. Yeah, I don't know much about Vandana Shiva, but I, I imagine I disagree with her on most points. But, um, I think mm-hmm. the. You would. Trust me, you would. Okay. <laughs> but I do think the right to seeds is a good idea. Is the pre-step before the right to food, which is not technically yeah. a human right, but is often considered to be. Yeah. And if you have the right to seed, you are one step closer to the right to food. So good for you on that side, Vandana Shiva, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope she is. I hope she is listening. Tag her in. Sorry to say I didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like us either, so I'm sure it's mutual. <laughs> she probably doesn't. <laughs> she really doesn't. Yeah. Actually, yeah. just while we're mentioning her, I've got two more points. One mm-hmm. of them. Ah, yeah. Just something I thought was fucking hilarious. It really, like, I was laughing for a, right. quite a few minutes of just like, I, I don't know, it, it's probably a bit of a dickhead thing to be laughing at, a sort of science superiority <laughs> thing, but it really did, it okay. just tickled my funny bone. She's quoted as saying something along the lines of, one of the worrying things about Terminator Seed is that the sterility from the crop could be inherited and transferred to other crops. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like... It's both biologically and logically impossible. I just thought it was hilarious. It is. It is. They're sterile, woman. Sterile. If they're passed, they will die. No babies. They can't be transferred. They can't be inherited. They are sterile. Oh, man. Why do you cry? (laughs) Oh, that was another. Wasn't it? Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Okay, okay, okay. I think I know what she means. And I understand, like, from a scientific point of view, it doesn't make any sense. But I think her her way of interpreting that, she thought that there was a sterility gene that could be transferred onto other plants by cross-pollination. Yeah. I think that's what she means. Well, still, gene transfer... Again, we're going to have to cover this in another episode. Is extremely yeah. rare in plants, so yes, it's not yes. like the pollen is just going to blow onto other plants, infect these other plants, as in like of different mm-hmm. species, mm-hmm. and then those species won't be able to make any babies because there's no gene transfer like that. There's no interspecies mm-hmm. plant sex. So the gene transfer, let's say it's one in ten thousand. That means when lots of sterile pollen goes and lands on other plants. Only one in yes. 10,000 of these seeds is going to be sterile. That's one less plant yes. in the world. Like, gene transfer yeah. in that is just not an issue in this sense. So, yeah, none of that quite like makes sense. The probability sense. of it happening are so small that it can be ignored. Yeah, completely ignored. Basically. Yeah. 
So I've got two more quick points. Yeah. Have you got anything? No. All right. I'm fine. So firstly, there are already seedless fruits. Those are sterile. Yeah, I was going to ask you something about that. Because, you know, you see, like now they want to make stoneless avocados and oh, stuff that would like be that. Good. But there's already lots of stuff. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Uh, they've already made them, I think. Yeah, an unpollinated avocado blossom. Cool. The fruit develops without a seed. Yeah. So there's seedless avocados now. They're making seedless avocados. That is good news. That is good news for all of us hipsters. <laughs> good news for all the people like me that accidentally cut themselves in trying to remove the stone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite improb improbable. I know. I know. But I did that. But yeah, there's already a lot of other fruits that don't have seeds. Yep. in them like watermelon yeah great uh starting to be without seeds oh my gosh i love watermelon without seeds oh so good um, isn't it so good grapes yeah yeah grapes yeah so the point is that with these crops and i don't particularly know if it's going to be technically possible for every single crop but for grapes and watermelons mm. obviously you can't make new plants for them right because they've got no seeds you can't plant a seed and then a new plant will grow because there is no seed but plants have the amazing ability to, when you chop a small part of them off, if you dip them in the mm. right hormone concoction, a whole new plant will grow. And it's a, essentially a clone of the plant yes. that you had. So that's how you yes. make new plants. And then that plant will grow and make more seedless fruit. And then you just yeah. keep repeatedly doing that. And that's how you get seedless yeah. watermelons and seedless grapes. And the plant will be genetically identical to the mother plant, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. So... That would work for fruit, essentially. It won't work for grains because the bit you eat is the seed. You don't want a yeah. seedless grain. Yeah. But that idea is possible and readily mechanizable as well. And also, you know, there's no like wide scale farmer enslavement to companies because of seedless fruits. Uh, well, I might not completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. James, because so the Cavendish banana comes from a plant in Cavendish, <laughs> apparently, oh, cool. and it's the most commercially available banana in the world, most eaten in the Western world, and it's the most cultivated in developing countries. Mm. And it, bananas have no seeds. Bananas used to have seeds, but they didn't taste very good. People don't like seeds. That's why we have seedless fruits. Mm. But the thing with that is that banana now, that huge plantations of bananas are cultivated in developing countries because that's the climate for bananas by very big Western companies. Mm. And that is creating a lot of food insecurity and problems uh, yeah. for enough. people in developing countries. But any big plantation of something creates problems in yeah. developing countries because it obliges them to have and go and buy other things because they are only cultivating bananas. Fair enough. So that is a good point. point. Yeah, that's a very good point. The other thing is we now had to make and start researching GMO bananas because mm. of the very low genetic diversity. This banana is very susceptible to a wilt. Is it wilt? Yeah. Bananas are rotting all over the planet because of this infection. And because of the very, very low genetic diversity, people are struggling to find one that is resistant to the wilt. So we had to go to GM technology. And luckily, we have GM technology because otherwise we might not be able to save the bananas. Mm. So in the future, we might have to eat GM bananas because we've removed the seeds out of the bananas. Mm, yeah. So that's where I was trying to say, well, not, no problems have emerged from seedless fruits. Uh, I think there's a lesson to learn. Mm. We have to make sure that we save DNA banks and gene banks and seed banks yeah, yeah, and stuff like that and preserve biodiversity so that something like that doesn't happen. Because of course, seedless fruits encourage healthy eating and a lot of like different other things. And it's important that we have them, I think, also from a social point of view. 
It's not just uh, it's cool to have seedless fruits. It's like having better tasting broccoli. You know, yeah. if you can make broccoli taste better, yeah. <laughs> people will eat them more, and they're healthy. So it's a good thing. Same for seedless fruits, I think.、Mm. But yeah, I do think that they're cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. I guess one final other point I wanted to make was kind of going back to the technology、mm-hmm. is、mm-hmm. a different type of sterile seed in which the seed is sterile until it's treated with a chemical, and then once it's treated with、Ooh. a chemical, it can grow again. So the idea is that there would be no possibility of gene transfer and no possibility of pollinating different plants because it's sterile.、Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as you want to start growing them, you spray them with the chemical, and then they can grow. That has the、okay. same problem in that instead of having to buy seeds every year, you have to buy the chemical every year. Ah,、uh, damn which it! Which is still a problem. <laughs> But I just thought that's an interesting yeah, idea, yeah, and maybe、yeah. the buying of chemicals every year, because chemicals can be、mm. industrially made, might be a lot cheaper、mm. than buying the seeds every year, for example. But I, I don't know the specifics.、Yeah. It would depend on the chemical and the company that sells them and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it definitely depends on the chemical and the company. Also, if one steps away from the idea of the price, one might also want to think about the sustainability of that. What Is more sustainable.、Mm. What is the life cycle assessment yeah. of that? Yeah, is it、true. is it really environmentally costly to make the chemical, or is it more costly to actually make the seed? That could be an interesting discussion,、mm. but I don't have any information on that, so I no, nor do I. Possibly tell you I. anything about it. Well, I mean, the, the whole point that we were trying to make was they don't exist. They're not a thing. But there are indeed other things that kind of sound like it,、mm. almost look like、yeah. it, <laughs> possibly could pass for GM Terminator seeds things, but that they're not.、Uh, so that was an interesting discussion there, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's all. Awesome. All right, thank you for joining us at Genetically Podified. If you have any questions or would like to get into contact with us, you can tweet us at at genpodified, or you can email us at geneticallypodified at gmail dot com. Please leave us a like and a review in iTunes and Stitcher. Share it with everyone you think might possibly like this. Share it with people you think won't like this specifically, because we still haven't got death threats. We want death threats. Come on! Thank you to <laughs> Peg and the Rejected for use of their song "Red, White, Black, and Blue." It's a badass song. We love being able to use it. So thanks to them. It's a great earworm. It certainly is. <laughs> that would have been a good pun if I said that on the BT episode. Yeah, I know. I, I found <laughs> I found a Terminator quote that would have been great for a, a BT episode, but unfortunately, Terminator is not the same thing. Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> but anyway, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>